Somebody say praise the Lord. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Can we put our hands together and give Jesus Christ a great big hand clap of praise? Amen. So, so thankful, so glad to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming out today. Thank, want to say thank you to everyone joining us online uh, at home. Uh, this is something we're all still getting used to, but I tell you what, it's the blessing of the Lord. Amen. We're so thankful for the technology God has given us. Will you please stand with me this morning? We're going to do our Bible pledge together, and then we're going to get right into the Word of God this morning. Will you join with me in, will you join with me in doing our Bible pledge? Everybody ready? Here we go. This book is the infallible Word of God. Christ is its star, our good, its design, and the glory of God, its end. This book declares that God loves me as I am, but will not leave me where he finds me. I am not what I can be, but I am not what I used to be. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do, and I can be all that it says I can be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. Now we're going to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read just two verses of Scripture today to get us started. In the NIV, the Bible says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Will you join with me in prayer this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Surely your word is life. Your word is truth. Your word is life-changing. God, anoint our ears to hear today and anoint our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the living God desires to speak into every single one of our hearts and lives this morning. And let us forever be changed by the power of your holy name. When the church said, Amen. Turn around, wave at somebody and say, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen and amen. Thank you for being with us once again. I just want to mention before I get any further into my message, please uh, remember these in prayer. Remember Anid Wallace, my dad, me and Pastor Rogers' father, Teddy Rigney. He is in need of a miracle. Uh, Debbie Rosenstiel, Mike Rosenstiel's wife, who is also in need of a miracle from the Lord. And I know there are many others here who are in need. Of, as a matter of fact, before I do anything else, I just feel that of the Lord to do this this morning. If you're here and you need a miracle, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Can you do that with me right now if you need a miracle? Let's, those of you at home as well as those of us here in the building, let's join together in prayer right now. And let's believe God for miracles this morning, even where the miracles are needed. Dear Heavenly Father, you see every heart. God, you see every need. You know of every miracle, God, that needs to be performed today. God, minister to these needs. These are all urgent needs. Those that we mention, as well as those that we haven't mentioned. Thank you, God, for the prayers that you've already answered today the miracles that you have already performed in our individual lives, throughout our lives, you have demonstrated your faithfulness 
to each and every one of us. God, we ask you right now, touch these individuals, touch these families, minister the power of the Holy Ghost in their hearts, lives, and their particular situations. Give the doctors and the nurses and all those in charge of their care, guidance and discernment and understanding and knowing how to doctor them back to health today. And we're submitting these and so many other needs and miracles into the hands of the one who can do something about it, and that is God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, whose grace is sufficient for all our needs. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. I know we don't normally do that, but I just felt led of the Lord to take time out to do that this morning. Today we're continuing and concluding our last sermon of the Christmas series, Hope from the Manger. The specific title of today's message, if you're following, is The Heart of Christmas. The Heart of Christmas. Today I want to spend the next uh, 20, 25 minutes sharing with you what the heart of Christmas truly is. Now, I know Christmas is about a lot of things. I don't think anybody can argue the fact that Christmas is about hope. What greater message than the message of hope that is given to us through the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God gave us, He birthed hope for all humanity through the giving of His Son, Jesus Christ. But it can also be said that Christmas is about all sorts of things. You might even say even magical things. But did you know what Christmas is mostly about? Christmas is mostly about worship. Christmas is about worship. It is that time once a year in which literally now, think about it, the whole world, the whole world sets time aside to acknowledge and give honor and glory to the birth of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Do you know that the birth of Jesus Christ is celebrated literally all across the globe? I'll never forget being in Israel one year, just before or right after, right after the Christmas season, and that the people were still celebrating the birth of the, <clears throat> the, birth of the Messiah. The birth of Jesus Christ, I saw cultures of all languages and all nationalities coming together in eager celebration, celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you can see the element of worship throughout Matthew's account of the Christmas story. I want to give you a couple of examples of this today. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, we find the, the wise men, the magi. The magi said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then just a couple of verses down in Matthew chapter 2, King Herod said this to the magi. He said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Just a few verses of Scripture down in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they 
bowed down and worshiped him. You know, so often when we think about the divine nature of Christ, we think about the miracles that he performed. So often we think about his resurrection from the dead, and so we should. But I want to submit to you this morning that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was just as triumphant in his birth as Jesus was in his resurrection. Jesus' birth into this world was just as divine. It was just as miraculous. It was just as supernatural. Matthew 1 and 23. The Bible says that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, this is what I'm saying this morning, church. That same power that raised Jesus Christ up from the grave was the same power that conceived Jesus Christ in Mary's womb, the virgin mother, that took the same power of the Holy Ghost that raised Christ from the dead to conceive Jesus through virgin conception in the womb of Mary, his mother. So what I'm saying to you today is that Jesus was just as divine in his birth as he was in his resurrection from the tomb. You know, a young boy asked his mother where babies came from. His mother, not knowing quite what to say, looked at him and came up with the off-the-wall story of a stork. You know how the stork would bring the baby and left the baby at the mother and father's doorstep and the next day the mother and father came to the door and behold, there was the baby. Now all of us mothers know better than that. Can the wives and mothers say amen? amen? Well, the little boy wasn't buying it either. So the little boy went to his grandmother and asked her, Hey, Grandma, where do babies come from? The grandmother did the same thing. She stuttered around and finally came up and told a different version, but of the same story of the stork bringing the baby to their mom and dad, to his mother and, and, and his mother and father, and they found that baby on their doorstep that morning. But the boy still wasn't buying it. So he went on about his business a little later that day. One of his friends noticed that the little boy wasn't saying much and something was heavy on his mind. So the little boy came to his friend and said, Hey, Johnny, what's up? What's bothering you today? Johnny looked at him without missing a beat and said, I'm not doing too hot. He said, What's wrong? He said, Do you realize there hasn't been a normal birth in my family for three generations? You see, Jesus Christ's birth wasn't a normal birth either. Amen? You know, we sing the Christmas carol, Silent Night, about this time every year, but in actuality, there wasn't anything silent about the night that Jesus Christ was born. There wasn't anything silent about that night, folks. Luke chapter 2 tells us of a great heavenly host appearing to the shepherds, Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. You see, Jesus is Emmanuel. 
Jesus is God with us. Jesus is fully God today, folks. And Jesus is fully man. God gave us the great gift of our Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, who was and is man, and who was and forever shall be God. Matthew chapter 2, there are three different kinds of worshipers that we can find in the biblical account of Jesus Christ's birth. First one were the true worshipers who were the Magi, and we're going to share about why they were the true worshipers. Secondly, there were the religious leaders. These were the negligent worshipers. Thirdly, there was King Herod, and King Herod was the wicked worshiper. The Magi, first of all, they were the true worshipers. These were the ones who were sincerely seeking God. What made the Magi's worship authentic? Well, we can find it in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, where the Bible says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. The worship of the Magi led them on a journey of faith to seek out the Christ child. They just didn't hear the news about Christ being born. What made the difference between the two, was, and ever, the Magi and everybody else, was that the Magi sought them out, sought the Lord out. A lady awoke her husband on a Sunday morning for church. He said, told his wife, he said, leave me alone, I'm tired, I'm sleepy, and I want to sleep in this morning. I don't want to go to church. His wife looked at him and said, you got to go to church. He said, no, I'm not. He said, those people at that church, they don't like me. He said, they talk about me all the time, and, and I don't want to go today. And his wife looked at him, but you got to go today. He said, I don't want to go today. And his wife said, but look, honey, you're the pastor. <laughs> this is the point, is that sometimes none of us feel like coming to worship, physically speaking. I, I myself don't even always feel like coming to worship. Sometimes when I walk up to this pulpit, I'm praying to myself, Lord, you've got to do something. I'm, I'm just not feeling it today. You know what I mean? Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But understand what made the wise men of the Christmas stories worship authentic was that they pressed through with their praise. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. It is through the Magi's example in Matthew chapter 2 that we learn the principle, the real principle of pressing through with our praise, pressing through with our worship. Authentic worship, church, requires a commitment. Authentic worship, genuine praise, requires a commitment. The Magi's worship was true worship because they were willing to commit in order to worship the Lord. They were committed to the journey of seeking out the Christ child in order to give honor and reverence to the Messiah whom they knew had been born to this world. 
Though we can't say exactly how far or how long these wise men had to travel in order to find Jesus from where they were, it is safe for us to say this morning that it was at least two months, possibly even as much as a year's journey that they had to take in order to seek out the Christ child. So this wasn't anything done on a whim. That's what I'm saying. This wasn't done in a moment of inspiration. These magi, these wise men, had to set their hearts to seek out the Son of God. Do you understand today that God can be found for those who are willing to seek Him out? Sometimes God doesn't just make Himself so obvious that the world can see. God wants people to seek Him out. God wants us to search for Him. I want you to understand something. God sent His Son searching for us. God sent His Son to seek us out when He was born into this world. But do you know what touches the heart of God more than anything else? When God finds somebody who is willing to seek Him out. The Magi were willing to commit themselves to a journey that lasted several months in order to intentionally seek out the Son of God and where He was born. We do know that when the shepherds arrived that Jesus was only an infant baby. But when the wise men, the Magi, also referred to as the Magi, when they arrived, the term used to describe the child would be translated from the original language, a toddler. When the shepherds came, they found him an infant. When the Magi came, they found him a toddler. The point today is that authentic worship requires a commitment from me and you. It requires a sacrifice. You see, they didn't have Siri handy to tell them where to find the Christ child. They didn't pull up the little town of Bethlehem on Google Maps and ask Google where the baby, where the baby Christ child lie. The Bible teaches us that they had the star of Bethlehem to show them the way. Bethlehem's star, listen to me, represents none other than the glory of Almighty God. But if you are in love with Jesus today, church, distance is not going to keep you from pursuing your Savior. When you are in love with Jesus, guess what? That love and that passion toward God, that passion toward our Messiah, Jesus Christ is going to cause us to seek Him out no matter what. To seek Him out with all of our hearts. That's what the Bible means when it says, Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. That's what God is looking for. He is looking for worshipers who are willing to commit themselves to seeking Christ out with all of their hearts. I said, if you are in love with Jesus this morning, distance is not going to keep you from pursuing your Savior. Obstacles are not going to stand in your way from seeking Christ out. 
Do you know that your attitude toward Christ's church today serves as a reflection of your attitude toward Jesus Christ himself? Do you understand that our attitude toward the church of Christ, the, the church that he died for, the church that he shed his own blood in order to make possible and in order to establish in this lost and dying world represents a reflection at least of our attitude toward Jesus Christ himself. How do we feel about the church today? How do we look at the church today? What is our attitude toward worshiping God in spirit and in truth? Look, I know we have more obstacles between us and worshiping together today than we've ever had before. I know at least in my lifetime, probably yours as well. But I'm here to tell you that we're going to set our hearts on worshiping God, whether we worship Him in the sanctuary here, whether we worship Him at home in our living rooms, whether we're worshiping Him in our office, no matter where we are, those who truly believe we're going to set our hearts to seek out the Messiah who is Jesus Christ. Somebody put your hands together today and give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise. We're talking about the need of commitment in worshiping the Lord. Commitment will often require inconvenience. Our commitment to worship God will often require us to inconvenience ourselves. Friend, there is something about the wise men that touched the heart of God. There was something about their dedication. There was something about their ability and their willingness to press through every adversity. Let me tell you something. Some of us won't bother to worship the Lord if, if our alarm clock doesn't go off to wake us up on time. Some of us won't worship the Lord if anything comes up that causes a distraction. Friend, I want to tell you something. We're living in a day where we have got to have a made-up mind that no matter what happens, whether it rains or the sun shines, no matter whether through travail or tranquility, as for me and my house, we are going to worship the Lord our God. And we're going to worship Him because we know He is worthy of our worship. How many knows this morning that Jesus is worthy of our worship today? I'm saying that commitment will require inconvenience. We've got to be willing to inconvenience ourselves in order to give honor and worship to the one and only one who deserves it, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. What made the wise men of the Christmas stories worship authentic was that they demonstrated inconvenient worship. Friend, we have experienced that more in the year 2020 again than I think we, the church has experienced it for many centuries. Inconvenient worship is when you worship even when nothing inside of you feels like worshiping. Inconvenient worship means I'm going to give a shout to God Almighty. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to sing a song whether I can carry a tune in the bucket or not. Everything within me is going to praise the Lord anyhow. 
even when my circumstances tell me I don't have a reason to shout, guess what? I'm going to shout anyway because that's what inconvenient worship is all about today. Worshiping God when the sun shines. Worshiping God when the rain falls. Worshiping God when you're on the mountaintop. Or worshiping the Lord when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to worship God anyhow. That's inconvenient worship. That was the worship of the Magi. Even if it meant journeying for months on end, not even sure exactly where we were going, that we're going to seek out the Christ child, find him and honor him as the gift of God to the earth for who he is. Inconvenient worship is when Job of the Old Testament had lost everything that he owned, including his children, but was still willing and able to declare in verse 15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Friends, sometimes we go through seasons in our life where absolutely nothing is going our way. How many have been there? Am I the only one? I don't think I am. We have been in those seasons, friend, when there ain't nothing working out right. Every time I think I have God figured out, every time I think I have a clear understanding of where God is leading me and how he's going to get me there, something changes that throws a wrench in my plans. And notice I said, my plans. No matter how hard the devil tries, Satan can never throw a wrench in God's plans. All you and... Go ahead and give him a hand clap for praise. That's all right this morning. All you and I have to do is keep on trusting him. Keep on doing what the wise men did. Keep on walking. Keep on journeying. Keep on searching. Keep on seeking. Keep on praising him. No matter what the circumstances tell me, I'm going to praise his name. Go ahead and give him a hand clap of praise. It was Job that practiced inconvenient worship. Inconvenient worship was when Paul and Silas were bound in prison in Acts chapter 16. Their feet were in stocks. Their wrists were in shackles. The Word of God says that about, but about midnight, oh I love this, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Friend, that's inconvenient worship. When you can praise God even in the midst of your pain. Friend, sometimes we got to praise God even in the pain. And that's not always physical pain either. Sometimes that's emotional pain. Sometimes we weep with a broken heart, but guess what? We praise God anyhow. Even with a broken heart, we cry out our praises and celebration to the Lord. What in the world will cause us to do such a thing? I'll tell you what will cause us to do that. We have tasted and we have seen that the Lord God Almighty is good. He is good. He is faithful. His mercy endures. And His grace is sufficient today. 
The Bible says, as Paul and Silas began to praise and worship, even with their feet in stocks, even being bound and in prison, even as they were bound, they lifted up their voices and they began to worship the Lord Almighty, even in the midst of their prison, even in the midst of their pain, even in the midst of the inconvenience of being bound in a jail cell. The Bible says that the earth began to shake It began to tremble, and it shook those prison doors open. They did it with their praise. Listen, some of us need to make up our minds that I'm going to worship the Lord no matter what I'm going through right now. I'm going to praise His name no matter what my circumstances are telling me right now. Sometimes we have to praise through in order to experience a breakthrough. You got to praise through, folks, to your breakthrough. And that's what I feel this morning in my spirit. That's what I feel the Lord speaking to somebody today. We got to praise through in order to experience the breakthrough. If Pastor Roger or some of them would come and play softly on the keyboard this morning, if you will stand to your feet this morning as we're getting ready to pray. Listen to me. I know this is Christmas time. I know this is a very different kind of Christmas season this year, but listen to me. The truth still remains. We need to praise our Messiah. We need to praise We need to praise the child that was born to us in the city of Bethlehem. That we know he is our God, he is our Savior, and he is our King. Will you pray with your pastor this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your presence today. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you, God, for the liberty of the Holy Ghost that we sense in this place this morning. Lord God Almighty, we ask you to meet us at our point of need today. Lord God, let us be like these magi. Let us be like the wise men who committed their hearts and committed themselves to not allow any obstacles to stand between us and the Lord our God. We're not going to allow any of our negative circumstances to discourage us from seeking the face of Almighty God because we know the God in whom we serve and we know that only you, Lord Jesus, only you have the power to save. Lord God, as we continue in this Christmas season, we ask you, God, from the bottom of our hearts that you will anoint us to worship you through it all. Through all the chaos of the season, let us not forget the reason for the season. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You are Emmanuel, Almighty God. You are God with us. Roger, can you sing that this morning? I'll try to help you best I can if you'll sing it. If you know this song, sing it with us this morning. Everybody sing.
It's a simple song. He's all I want. He's all I've ever needed. He's all I want. Help me know you are. Can y'all sing that with us this morning? person here today, God, who is in need of that breakthrough, God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, grant them the breakthrough this morning. Grant them the breakthrough today that, they're, that they long for, that they're thirsting for, that they desperately need. Lord God Almighty, rain down your grace, rain down your spirit upon us all today. And we thank you for the wonderful gift of Christmas, the wonderful gift of grace. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and the power of the
Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you once again for allowing us to experience your presence in this place today. Thank you, God, Lord, for your spirit that we have experienced. Thank you, God, for the gift of your presence. And thank you for the true gift of Christmas, the gift of hope, Almighty God, but also the gift of worship. Let us worship you and acknowledge you as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords, whose mercy endures forever. And let us leave here today with a song in our hearts and with praise on our lips, magnifying the true King and the reason of the season, Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen and Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Merry Christmas.